Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And our guest today is Dr. R. Jared Stout. And we can call you Jared, right? Absolutely. Okay. The president of the new high school here in Denver, Our Lady of Victory. Jared, thanks for joining us. And My pleasure. You tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background before we get started. Yeah, so I've been involved in Catholic education in a number of ways. Uh, I have a doctorate in theology, so I taught uh, at the Augustine Institute for five years full-time and was academic dean for a couple of years, went up to the University of Mary and directed their Catholic Studies program. And now I've been at the Archdiocese of Denver for uh, three years. I'm working in the Office of Catholic Schools right now and also teaching for the Augustine Institute on a part-time basis. Okay, great. So maybe you can tell us kind of the genesis. Um, we were talking earlier before we even got on air. I hadn't heard anything about the high school, and the next thing you know, it's kind of here uh, when I read the article. So what was kind of the genesis from the first thought to now you have a freshman class? Yeah, I, you know, I've been in, involved in classical education uh, for a while. My kids have been going to Our Lady of Lords since 2011, their first year when they announced they were going classical. And I was working with their teachers doing formation in classical education and also at a few other schools and just talking to parents and saying, you know, we really need this on the high school level. And so there were a number of families just saying, okay, when is that going to happen? When is that going to happen? And I have a ninth grader in the new school. So okay. for me, it was like, okay. Talk about perfect timing. Right. If it's going to happen, then we need to do it. And so it really was driven by families. It was families from Our Lady of Lords, St. Mary's, All Souls, Holy Name, kind of in that area, coming together and saying, all right, do you want to do this? You know, and, and so it's something that was really grassroots, driven by the desire of parents to give their children a fuller education. So just you were talking about the schools that are around it. So where is the location of the high school right now so people can get a, a visual in their head? Yeah, we are at the St. Louis uh, School Building in Englewood, and we're uh, sharing the building with the south campus of Our Lady of Lords. So they have K through 3 on the lower level, and we are upstairs on the second level. And so as most high schools, when they get started, you start with a freshman class, and then every year you'll add the next class. Yeah, that's and right. So after four years, you'll have the four-year high school going? Mm-hmm. Okay. We have uh, 20 students, so we actually maxed out you know, for our first year here. Did you actually have to decline people? I mean, was it, is there a waiting list for the freshman class now? Yeah, there, there were a number of families uh, who you know, could try to jump in at the end. And so, yeah, we, we did fill up and we're in conversations with other families about maybe jumping in at some point. So you're talking about the classical system. Uh, you know, we have, uh, I guess the closest college around here would be Wyoming Catholic. Is that similar? So if you were to go to this high school and you went there, it would be a very smooth transition for you? Yeah, absolutely. So there, there are a number of connections to what they're doing at Wyoming Catholic. We're both reading the great books. Mm-hmm. We're having Socratic dialogue. Um, we are actually beginning our school year with a three-day backpacking trip. Now, they do three weeks, right? So we're, yeah, we're you're beginning still, You're, you're still Trinitarian, though. You got the three in there. Yeah, and, and we really want to emphasize this kind of hands-on experience of Catholic education and Catholic culture more generally. So we emphasize spiritual formation, service, and the fine arts very heavily. So you're tied to the uh, Chesterton School Network. And when I looked online, you know, the first one I think opened up, you know, 10 plus years ago, but within the last couple years and even 
projected and within the next few, I mean, it's like it's exploding in terms of number of places throughout the United States and maybe even internationally. I can't remember what I saw no, there. No, it's true. Internationally. There's and about international, 20 yeah. Chesterton Academies throughout the world, two in Canada, one in Italy, about 16, 17 here in the States. And there's a number already scheduled to open next year. So it is growing uh, very much. And for us, it really helped, you know, to start a high school to be a part of a network where they have a proven curriculum, proven um, policies and organization that we could really step into. Well, and why recreate the wheel, right? If they've done the work and it fits the model that you're thinking about, I mean, that that makes perfect sense. And so for people interested to find out Chesterton Academy, what's that all about? So you can go to ChestertonAcademy.org to find out more about that. And your website is, before I forget and don't plug it, what is that? OurLadyOfVictoryDenver.com. Okay. And so you talked about a classical education. It's it's really to help people think critically. I mean, we live in a world now that if the if it's on Twitter, if it's on social media, or the news tells you, that's all you need to know, right? There is that critical thinking piece seems to be almost like a dinosaur, and you're going to bring that back because we need to think critically if we're going to look at things from a different God's perspective in this world, right? Absolutely. We we speak of the trivium and the quadrivium in classical education. The trivium is just you know, grammar, logic, rhetoric, that is being able to read a text well and understand it. Uh, Logic to be able to think about it, comprehend it, to discern what's true, what's false, and then rhetoric to be able to to talk about it, to be able to write well, to speak effectively. And then the quadrivium is then applying this logic to the universe. You, You begin with arithmetic, geometry, extending this into space, also music, looking at the mathematical qualities of beauty, Mm-hmm. Um, and then geometry, I'm sorry, astronomy, which is basically the foundation of the sciences, the application of math to the universe. Right. Well, and, you know, we've talked about it, in, or I've talked about it in previous shows. I mean, you know, with the passing of House Bill 1032, what's going on in our public schools and, you know, charter schools at the, for this for that point is, you know, they're trying to indoctrinate children where you're doing the exact opposite. You're trying to teach them to think critically from themselves as opposed to being brainwashed by uh, an ideology that has no basis of fact, science, or logic behind it. Yeah, logic is more crucial than ever, and and I like to even describe it as being able to smell a fishy argument, right? (laughs) Is somebody giving you a load or not? I'll tell you what, you better get some uh, salts under your nose because the fishy (laughs) arguments are smelling pretty bad here in Colorado. Yeah, and it's not just about the formation of the mind either. We we don't just want to, you know, create brainiacs. And so, you know, we're beginning the year, as I mentioned, with this backpacking trip. We're going to end the year with whitewater rafting. We're going to do family retreats, uh, pilgrimage. And we have formation time built into our schedule every single week. So we want the kids to be very active and being formed as a whole person. You know, and sometimes, you know, parents get into the – fall into the trap where – you know, I'm going to send my kid to a Catholic school. They're going to learn all they need to know. And so I can kind of take my foot off the gas, you know, excluding their baptismal promises uh, about being the main teacher. Are, and you mentioned a lot of the trips. Are families going to be involved uh, in a way that, you know, it's just not, hey, I'm dropping my kid off? What is, what is the parent obligation going to look like in terms of participation? So our motto is cultura vitae, the culture of life, and we have these cultura vitae nights for the whole family throughout the year. We also have a retreat for the whole family, 
And we still are a family-driven organization. So even a lot of our formation is organized by the parents themselves. So, yeah, we definitely are keeping the parents uh, very much engaged in the community. And so they know that going in. Um, So if there's a parent listening, obviously they can go on the website you just mentioned, OurLadyOfVictoryDenver.com. But they can also – is there somebody they could call and talk to if they wanted to find out more? Uh, specifically, you know, what is the cost for this school? What does that look like? And uh, speaking of that, what is the cost for the school? Because I know we were talking earlier, and I was, I was astonished how affordable it is. Yeah. So this year it's at forty nine hundred, which is, as I'm sure all of our listeners know, uh, very much underneath the average cost of a Catholic high school education. Uh, and you know, of course, this was our pioneering year. Right. For a lot of families taking a risk on the school. Uh, but even still, Chesterton in general, all of the different schools are committed to making high school education much more affordable. So the main uh, branch of the Chesterton Academy in Minnesota has their tuition at 7600 And they've been and, around for a while, so that's right. kind of a mature school, yeah. Right. So I'm sure we'll have to increase the cost, but but not dramatically. Okay. And so you're you're the president of the board and just kind of overseeing how all this takes place. Uh, so it's affordable. Uh, it's going to be teaching truth, which you know you would take for granted that we all kids should be taught. Um, what is it that attracts people? The, the families that are coming there. What are you hearing from them? That hey, I got to get my kid in this school. And I, you're I, one of them. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. And I, I think it really is the environment that they want. A, a, a good environment that is attentive to this deep formation that we're talking about, you know, body, mind, soul. Um, and so a lot of the parents are just saying, you know, we need something different. We're not seeing this kind of thing uh, anywhere else. So it, it is a great education of the mind, but, you know, much more than that as well. And it's the community. Right. So and, and I don't know if this even applies, but is there an accreditation process because you're with Chesterton that's automatically accredited? How, do, how does that work for parents who would have that question? So there's a accrediting body that is the, the, the National Association of Independent Catholic Schools. I may have that exact title wrong, but I mean, okay, those are yeah, the key words. Right. You know, I don't know right. It is there. on tape, though. We will yeah. hold you to that. <laughs> and so the Ch- Chesterton's been working with that organization. And so the fact that there are you know, a number of other Chesterton schools working with them, they know our mission. And they know a lot of our core, you know, documents and policies already. So the process will be easier for us, you know, being a part of this bigger movement. And does the Chesterton Academy help with that part of it? Yeah, I mean, they, they already have it in place, but as you're going through it, are they kind of a, a wealth of information and help guide you? Absolutely. They can talk about their experience, but they can also give us some of those common documents that have already been used. Right? If there's things that are the same from school to school, we don't have to reinvent that. Okay. It's nice not having to uh, recreate the wheel if you don't have to. Right. Um, and, and I know we talked about it at the beginning, but, you know, if somebody's listening in Colorado Springs or up north or wherever, um, and they're like, hey, we want to do that here, um, what would be their process? Would they contact the Chesterton Academy? I mean, how does how does that work in terms of parents, you know, because we know how hungry they are to get their kids – a good, wholesome, well-rounded education, uh, how would they go about doing that? Well, you mentioned up north, you know, and through my role in the Office of Catholic Schools, I am actually helping to start another Chesterton Academy up in the Fort Collins, Tri-City area up there. 
and we even have uh, an upcoming meeting, and we're going to do a lecture series. Dale Alquist, who is the president of the Chesterton Society, and yep. helped to start the first Chesterton I've seen Academy. him on EWTN many times. Yeah, he Very will, interesting guy. Yeah, if anybody wants to come hear him speak about this vision of education, he'll be up at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Fort Collins on October 23rd at 7.30. We then have Joseph Pierce uh, coming on December 3rd in the evening at a, a parish up in that area, so more okay. details to be announced. So there are opportunities to, to hear about the vision, especially up in the north part of the archdiocese. If you're in a different location, you mentioned down in the Springs, you know, you you could definitely contact our school and just hear about the process, or you can contact the Chesterton Network uh, directly. But this is something that's realistic. You know, we had just this group of families who came together and said, we want to do it. It was a lot of work. I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, but it, but <laughs> it we just did wasn't it, over, it wasn't know? over a beer and it was all solved, huh? Right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we did it in six months. I think it was an extraordinarily fast process. But it's because there were many talented people who stood up. We have a volunteer lawyer, volunteer accountant, volunteer development director, volunteer program manager. I'm the volunteer president, right? So we had just <laughs> a lot a, of volunteers here. Exactly. But it, people who are willing to make a sacrifice, even if they didn't have kids, most of our board members do not have you know children in the school or even close to coming into the school, okay. but they just said, this is important. We want to make this happen. Well, I think that's a critical point. So if somebody's out there thinking about this, um, you need to kind of round up other people thinking about it. I mean, you just listed a whole bunch of volunteers. You know, who'd be willing to help this out? My guess is because they stood up, it was able to get done in six months. Otherwise, it would have taken longer trying to recruit people to help with that, right? Yeah, on average, um, I think it you need at least a year, but some people even take two years just to lay the foundation of starting a nonprofit organization, getting mm -hmm. your board together and your bylaws, and then starting your fundraising and recruiting your teachers and your students. Uh, so it was quite extraordinary that so many people came together so quickly to make this a reality. So this is not an archdiocesan high school, but it is supported by Archbishop and the diocese, archdiocese. Yes, we have been approved by the Archbishop as an official Catholic school. We do run independently, but the superintendent is on our board. So we're working very uh, closely with the archdiocese. Okay. Well, I, I think it's important to know the, the great support and, and how how hungry parents are, as I mentioned before, for this type of education and to know that they can send their kid to a place they can afford. Uh, they're going to be well-rounded in terms of, you know, you talk music, science, you know, reading the great books, but even the outdoor activities. How does how attractive is the outdoor activities when you're talking to, my guess is huge, when you're talking to kids and their parents? Yeah, it reinforces that unique experience and formation. So we had a parent even at our orientation who said, do other Chesterton schools do this? And I said, well, you know, some of them tried to also have these kinds of activities. But being in Colorado, we're just so blessed. Yeah, I mean, you, you can know. see the mountains, so it's, you're, yeah. not, you're not far. And so it, it definitely is something that distinguishes us. And because we're a small community, we're able to do, you know, some of these more exciting things for our students. So is there is there a priest that will be helping with this? Are you going to have any? What's the spiritual component in terms of clergy being involved in the school, or is that kind of maybe the next step? 
So we are at uh, St. Louis Parish in Englewood, and mm-hmm. so there are two priests, Father Giovanni and Father Francesco, who are going to be helping us with daily mass and okay. confession. But then there's also, you know, just the pastors of our students from surrounding parishes who will be involved, especially with our Formation Friday. So we'll have a rotation of priests uh, coming in to give reflections for our students. Oh, that's good, and, that's, and that just shows how involved the whole community is, the whole Catholic community in terms of— uh, wanting to participate in this. So how did you come up with Our Lady of Victory? Well, it, it's interesting because, you know, there is a, a connection to Chesterton. He wrote a poem about the Battle mm-hmm. of Lepanto, and that's where this title of Our Lady originated right. from. A Pope uh, St. Pius V asked all of Europe to pray the rosary, and the Turks basically were invincible at that time, right. and they were amassing this huge fleet. Might, to might want to do that again. Yeah, right? <laughs> and they were amassing this huge fleet to conquer Europe. And so there was this very miraculous victory. Uh, The feast day, um, October 7th, is now the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. It's the same title. Yeah. And so they have this great Chesterton connection. And then, you know, I visited the Basilica of uh, Notre Dame de Victoire in Paris, Our Lady of Victories in Paris, this last October as I was leading a pilgrimage. And it just very moved uh, being there in prayer came back, and it was a title that some people had already been discussing in the community, mm-hmm. and it just really resonated with me and my wife coming back from that pilgrimage and the Chesterton connection, so it all just came together. So Orthodoxy High School didn't didn't quite ring the same <laughs> as uh, Our Lady of Victory. Well, we'll be that too, but yeah, it's not as effective <laughs> as a title. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there may be people listening who don't even know who G.K. Chesterton is. Um, can you talk a little bit about him and his importance, you know, of England, 20th century, you know, a modern guy who had some really important things to say? Yeah, he's a fascinating figure. I say larger than life, literally. Uh, literally and figuratively, <laughs> yes. And you know, he began as a journalist and literary critic. Uh, but then uh, really became interested in matters of faith and was an apologist, first as an Anglican and then as a Catholic convert, and really engaged a lot of the key uh, literary and philosophical figures of his day, was very relevant. I mean, he would go to speak either in England or throughout the world, and there'd be huge crowds coming to hear him. And really, he was one of the most effective apologists of the 20th century wrote, you know, huge works. When I say huge, they're not necessarily long, but just signif- really significant works on St. Francis, on St. Thomas Aquinas, mm-hmm. uh, Orthodoxy being one of the key books that you've already mentioned, The mm-hmm. Everlasting Man. Mm-hmm. He also was a poet, a playwright, I mean, a novelist, really an amazing guy. And, and I just can't get enough of his writings. I've, you know, just been reading him regularly for 15 years. Well, and they're so pithy. I mean, you know, his comments that were, you know, 60, 70 years ago, whatever, are so applicable to today, right? It's not like you read this and, well, that was 1940s England. This is stuff that they were dealing with that he could see was coming down the pipe that we're dealing with today. Yeah, he really put his finger on on many issues, uh, even related to faith and reason, faith and science, the collapse of morality, the collapse of the family, even economic problems. He was very attuned uh, to mm-hmm. these issues. Uh, very prophetic figure and... His vision, I think, is is perfect for raising up joyful apostles, joyful knights to engage the culture, not in any kind of reactionary way. But when you look at Chesterton's wit, his humor, um, you know, he really is a great model to joyfully engage the culture. And so contemporaries of his time, C.S. Lewis, right, 
Hilaire Belloc would have been right around that time as well, right? Well, Belloc was a good friend of his, and his history is really worth reading. Uh, C.S. Lewis is a little bit later, but Lewis's conversion was influenced by Chesterton. Okay. Um, And so I think... You know, you're you're dealing with an academy that's that's established, that you know has a history of being faithful to the magisterium and the Catholic Church. Uh, it really is an opportunity for people to uh, look into this. And again, what can you rec- uh, mention the website again? Yeah, it's Our Lady of Victory Denver dot com. And you had mentioned, you know, if people want to talk to us and learn more about the school, there is a contact us you know, page on the website. Uh, We do have 30 expressions of interest already for next fall, and it's August, right? So we're anticipating a very large group of applicants for our second year. Uh, And so we're even kind of looking at what our possibilities are for How big can you be, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're at 20 this year. Uh, Would you expect the freshman class next year to be more than, I mean, you're going to think it would be more than 20. You're going to have people try to join the sophomore class, Um, you know, you're limited based on probably location. Then you got to get teachers for all this stuff. What's a realistic number at this point in time that you think, at least as of now, we feel comfortable that we could grow to X? I would say uh, a freshman class of 40 students next year. That's not guaranteed. It's the, the board has to think through this very carefully. Yeah, this is just kind of ball, yeah, you know, spitballing right. it, really. But it's a good problem to have to think about how can we manage this growth and this interest that we have. And, you know, it really is tapping into an unmet need that there are families who say, you know, we really want something different, you know, and we can't find it anywhere. And so we're hearing from a lot of families right now. Well, and as we go out, you know, for the Respect Life Ministry of the Archdiocese and talk to people, you know, House Bill 1032 gets brought up all the time. I mean, we constantly hear about what's going on in the schools and how dissatisfied people are. And we've talked to Catholic parents who... Uh, a great number of them say that, you know, they can't, they don't understand these, uh, this moral bankruptcy that's going on in our culture, whether it's transgender, same-sex attraction, whatever it is. So they don't talk anything about it. So they send their kids into these schools as sheep among wolves. And this is an opportunity for them to send them to a place while educating yourself, parents, this does not exclude you growing in knowledge to be able to articulate what's going on. But this is a place that kids can come, as we mentioned before, get a well-rounded education, be able to use uh, thinking skills, which we know are lacking. Um, you know, what else? What else can you tell us, or what else should parents do? I mean, they're you're going to have information nights up in the north. Uh, they can go on your website. You're right now trying to discern, you know, how big can we be next year? If I'm an interested parent, what should I do right now? Well, I would say in terms of following the school, sign up for our newsletter, consider being a monthly donor just because we are a new organization. We need support. We need help. We need volunteers. But beyond whether you're interested in sending your kids to the school or not, I would say that right now we have a problem of abstraction, disconnection from reality. So spend time together as a family. Be active with your kids, no matter what their age is. You take them up to the mountains. You go hiking. You go fishing You know, together. Uh, talk about things together. Talk about difficult things together. 
you know, in an age appropriate level, read books together, read poetry together, right. you know, go to the symphony together, you know, have these kinds of experiences, you know, prioritize, you know, your own family, because that is the foundation of education, no matter what school they're going to. The family is the most formative for the faith, but I think for just looking at life in general and deciding what really matters, making those priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, parents really need to step up right now. How hard is the transition for my eighth grader to go to ninth grade to go from one learning uh, process to the classical? Most of our students are not from a classical background. Okay. And, you know, that's part of the great thing about classical ed is, as you said before, we're not trying to brainwash students or indoctrinate them. What do we want them to do? We, we want them to sit underneath reality, whether that's the reality of nature, of our faith, but just reading a great text. Here, we're going to read these five pages, and then we're just going to talk about it. You know, it's not, you know, trying to, to memorize, you know, some complicated thing. It's just thinking through important text through beautiful things, experiencing, you know, the beauty of art, that we're going to really prioritize music and the fine arts, that they're doing, they're learning drawing and art history right now. So it's just sitting at the feet of reality, soaking it in, thinking through it, talking about it, and then living it. Well, and that's, I think that's a beautiful piece that you just mentioned. You know, it's similar to, you know, I, and I try to encourage people read scripture as a family and then talk about it because it's going to speak to each person individually. You're going to see all kind of aspects that you wouldn't see when you have that kind of discussion. My guess is that's the same type of thing when you're reading the great books or classics. Three people could read the same thing, and they're going to get three different things out of it. All could be correct. It's a common process of discovery. Right. And so the whole class is working on it together. It's not, okay, here's the answer. We're putting it on the board. Write it down. It's going to be on the test. It's, you know, <laughs> no, we're talking about the, the, the biggest issues in life together, thinking through them. What do you see you know, in this character's choice? What was good? What was bad? You know, how can we apply this to our lives? And, and getting the students active in this process of discovery. So if you're a parent, be prepared of the kid in the school because then they're going to come and start talking to you about it. So, <laughs> right, parents better start uh, sharpening up their pencils and their minds and reading the same things, right, so they can have that intellectual conversation with their kids and really not only help them but help themselves. Yeah, a good education is dangerous in the right sense, right? right? You, right, know, right, right. you can do damage. But we right. do have parents who are saying we want to start a reading group because we want to read these texts. We haven't read these texts. We haven't talked about them. So we do have parents who are trying to organize that. Okay, great. Well, we're down to just the last few seconds. And so, again, if you could just recite the, or just let us know about the website and uh, what people can do to, to look at it and find out more about Our Lady of Victory. What's the website again? Yeah, OurLadyOfVictoryDenver.com. Yeah, please sign up for the newsletter. Consider supporting the school, coming to our events, uh, coming to the talks that I mentioned that are up in the north part of the diocese, and pray, not just for this school, but we need to pray for a renewal of Catholic education in general, and all support that in, in any way that we can. Okay, so go to the website, find out more about it, and for heaven's sakes, get your kids into a place that they can grow in their faith, in their minds, and in their hearts. 